Let's try that again. Uh, welcome to the Stratosphere Lounge. I'm your host, Bill Whittle. Uh, hopefully, I should be sounding good. I swapped out the microphone uh, for a real one, so um, we're just gonna gonna go with that. Um, uh, so everybody can hear me, okay? I suppose. I hope. Uh, let's just double check this thing because it's always a little tough. Um, Okay, so here we are. It's the twelfth uh, of uh, January, twenty twenty-three. Oh, good. It sounds better. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a real mic. So, um, yeah, I even hit the record button. So, you know, just what a strange world. Uh, hang on one second. Yes, we're recording as well. Um, so I don't know any way really to cover this up. Uh, I just got gobsmacked with just, just I just, just plain gobsmacked uh, earlier today, and I can't talk about it, but I can't also pretend to be chipper. I would have rescheduled the show, but I've rescheduled the show more often than I've had it on time, actually, so I just thought I would come on the show and just kind of soldier through the questions, give us a chance to catch up. And then I will, um, you know, then I will go home, I guess. Uh, and I'm sorry to be so mysterious, but I just didn't want everybody to think I was just in a surly mood for no reason. I just, it was really, really something. Okay, um, so why don't we just for once uh, get ourselves right to the questions and um, see what we can figure out about that. Start with BillWhittle.com, and then we'll try and get to the Facebook ones as well. Come on now. Here you are. Um, hang on. Oh, if uh, for the regular members, um, there have been some irregularities with the, um, the posting of the website, a couple of mistakes. Yeah, thank you guys, uh, but no, I'm, uh, this one's going to have to do on my own. Um, <coughs> and uh, the newsletter and so on. Uh, and um, and that's because I've been doing them lately, and uh, so that's all me. Let me uh, get to these questions here, and we'll see what we can do. I'm probably going to have to wear my glasses for most of this time to stop screwing around. I might... Um, there's no current form. Hmm. Uh, sorry about the delay. Let's see what we got here. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's probably something I missed as well. So um, let's do this. Let's go to the Facebook page. And uh, I had thought um, that that was something that members could uh, initiate, but I guess I was wrong about that. So we'll go to Facebook, and then we'll, um, then we'll get to last questions, and we'll take it from there.
let's see what we got here. Can that be right? Oh, here we go. Okay, good. Uh, so we'll just um, we'll just knock these out first, and then we'll um, we'll do last week's and see if we can get caught up a little bit. Uh, let's see from Facebook, uh, starting with Jim Samples. Uh, Bill, a few weeks ago we talked about what to do with nuclear waste, and the consensus seemed to be that there was no way to properly store it or throw it away. But I think we forgot SpaceX and their escape capsule feature in case of a failed launch. There was no such feature in the past. That was the argument for not sending this waste into the sun. If this feature is safe enough to save humans, then it's certainly safe enough to protect depleted fuel. I'm sure Musk or Bezos would jump on the government contract to fill it up with capsules and boost them in the right direction. Uh, Jim, uh, you're, I, I don't normally just openly disagree about things, but I just see so many problems with that idea. Um, first of all, you have better things to do um, with, uh, with space launches than, than lift depleted uranium. Uh, secondly, if they, yeah, there are more firewalls coming and, um, and I'm getting on all of that. Uh, it's, um, so there's that. Also, you can make a, a craft uh, human rated, but even a catastrophe like losing a, a, a dragon capsule would be nothing compared to what would happen if you, if you had uh, some kind of launch failure and distributed uh, spent nuclear fuel out over the Gulf Stream. Uh, that would just be the, the worst imaginable thing. It'd be worse than the loss of seven people. And nothing is, um, uh, I just can't see any reason to do it. The main point is that, um, is that you don't need to do it, right? I mean, burying it underground, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a simple, easy solution. And, uh, and I, you know, what would probably be safe? Well, anything I think would be safer than putting it on a rocket. Um, but, but even if you didn't like the idea of burying it underground, the only thing I could think of that would would be even remotely close is you wrap this thing in a gigantic concrete capsule and drop it into one of the subduction zones on the ocean floor where the where the plates are coming down. The Atlantic is widening, and obviously those plates are descending in certain areas you could put it there but honestly you just bury it at yucca flats it's um no the only problem i've ever heard with that was that somebody would say well somebody in the future might you know discover it a hundred thousand years from now it's that's not our problem um this cult of safety and this you know if there's any possible way that something could go wrong then we just don't do it then i you know it's just you well, this is this is what they want because if you if you make it impossible to do anything because it's not perfectly safe, then you've got a stagnant society that's utterly dependent on its uh, ruling class, and that's what the socialists want. So that seems to be that seems to be it. Uh, Bob Knife in episode fifty nine answered the question: Women. Any updates to this question from the last eight years? None that I can think of. Um, Eric Blake, hey, peace and long life, image of Bill Whittle. Uh, live long and prosper, Eric Break, uh, Blake. So in a, well, increasingly less recent episode, you went uh, into a couple of Irish jokes, and I thought the second more clean joke, the father looking for a parking space, 
That will be an interesting kickoff for a Virtue Signal episode, reason being the joke's theme of failing to give God credit is a sad pattern among far too many Christians in the Western world, Irish or not, and dealing with first world problems, things that would have a lot to talk about with that. It's a good idea. I don't think, um, I don't think I uh, have a topic for, we we're going to shoot that today, I had to push it back to tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that's actually kind of an interesting topic. I'll, unless something really radically, you know, got to talk about it today thing comes up, then, um, then we will, uh, I'll see if I can remember to do that. So that sounds, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, let's see, Steve Young, in light of the Brandon classified documents story, could you please retell your Is Hillary Guilty story about the National Records Act in, in, in uh, United States Code 18? The, the classification of the documents means nothing. Just having possessions is a felony offense, and it's impeachable. Uh, one of the first indications that we were living in a post-truth era and a post-law era was when it became clear that uh, Hillary Clinton had used uh, her own personal email uh, server. Um, and there are uh, two, um, two laws on the books concerning uh, documents. Um, one of them, I, I don't have the exact code. Somebody can look it up, or, or, or but it's it's out there. But basically, it, it it says this: it says that if you do not return all official records to uh, to the government when you're finished, that's a felony punishable by five years in prison and and some kind of fine. If you are discovered to have altered, tried to erase, try to tamper with, cover up, or anything like that. In other words, the first one's if you make an innocent mistake. Second one is if it turns out that you are in fact doing this intentionally and, 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 you, and you, it can be proven that you tried to erase the disk, let's say, you know, kind of wipe it with a cloth or something like that, then that is a second uh, felony. And that one is punishable by uh, same period in, in prison and a fine, but that one has specifically built into the into the um, into the law that if you're guilty of that second offense that that of trying to alter something then um, then you are specifically by statute banned from ever holding any position in the United States government again period might be three years I said five might be three um, so uh, when the thing with Hillary Clinton's email server started coming up, Everybody was saying, well, it's not classified. I said, it doesn't matter if it's classified. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, this wasn't a big deal, wasn't a big deal. It, it doesn't, but it wasn't that many. It doesn't matter either, right? So she's guilty of the first one and, and looks like Brandon is and maybe Trump is too. I don't know. But, but whatever, whatever um, presidential uh, privilege applies to presidents, and there is some because they have to construct their presidential library and so on. So so to the degree that whatever protection Donald Trump or, or um, President Brandon might have certainly did not apply to the Secretary of State. So once she admitted that there were emails, business state business emails that she was doing on her own server, then that's the, that's the first one. And once it became clear that there had been attempts to um, erase those uh, files, that was the second one. And it's a very simple, simple, simple statute. It's not 
complicated. It's not, it doesn't say intent. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say, well, you know, you got to prove that she meant to, 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 no, it doesn't say that. It's just, it's just the law. It's a law and it's right there and it's got the legal code number and everything. And so there's no question whatsoever that she violated that, that code. And, and so there it is. And so this whole Comey thing, no, no, um, no, uh, reasonable uh, prosecutor would take the case is just it's another flat-out lie <clears throat> it's 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 a it's to say it's not even a slam dunk a slam dunk implies at least you have to have some ability in slamming and dunking this is an automatic conviction there's no question about it period right none that she took these things home none that she had her own server none that she tried to erase them period so um no, they just, they just ignored it. They just ignored it. And uh, that is when I realized uh, that we were living in a world where there are two justice systems, one for, uh, one for the, the, our, our rulers and one for the, um, for the plebes. I saw something last night, just kind of randomly, in the uh, recent Arizona election, which was totally fair and completely uh, transparent, um, Maricopa County was still trying to count their votes two weeks after the election. And there was another county, I don't remember the name, but it'll show up real soon in the comment section here. There was a separate county, a rural county, low population county, and they refused to certify their votes because they said, if we certify our votes for our county, then that means we're agreeing with the system and we don't have any confidence in what's going on in Maricopa County. And since Maricopa County is so much of the, of the, of the total vote, if they're not sure of the, of the uh, accounts, then, then we're not going to certify ours. If we certify ours, it's just the same as saying, yeah, whatever they did in Maricopa County is fine with us, which I thought was a profoundly good and, and fully constitutional, understandable, and, and, and as it turns out, brave um, situation. And then last night, I saw a video of the um, county commissioner saying, this is pretty much verbatim. He says, I am voting to um, certify the votes for our county, and I am voting to do this under duress and also... Um, I guess under duress. He said, the reason that I am going to certify these votes is because I have been informed that if I don't, that will put me in felony violation of, of law, federal law, and I will go to prison and I have to support my family, so I'm going to support these votes. What what do you say about that? You know, what do you say? What, what what can you say about that? You've got a public servant basically not basically saying saying, I am being strong armed under threat of of imprisonment to agree to something that I don't agree to do. And that I have every right not to do. But if I don't do it, then big powerful federal forces are gonna gonna crucify me and my family so there you go
Yeah, you were starting to get to uh, six emperor tyrannus time when you get that kind of thing, you know, really. Uh, I also saw that uh, another separate video that uh, in California now apparently uh, they've passed a law. Gavin Newsom has been pushing it through that says that you can that, that uh, kids in California have a right to um, a gender reassignment surgery. That the parents that even if both parents disagree, then it doesn't matter. If the child asks for it, then they get it. Um, and if you argue about that, you, you, they send you to a dungeon. So, um, yep. Uh, uh, let's see. Sorry. Lutheran Carnivore says, I predict that the rhinos in Congress will not bring impeachment charges against Biden. McCarthy isn't going to bring those charges. I don't see it. If they don't, then <coughs> then um, what does what does the I mean, what does it all mean anymore, right? I mean, the, the, the two impeachment uh, efforts against Donald Trump were fabricated by the FBI. And this one, a potential one against Joe Biden, has hard evidence and acres of it, acres of it. So, no, we don't. We, we, if, you, if you are a Democrat, you can do whatever you want to. You can get elected if you've got brain damage. You can be elected if you don't know what day it is. You can be elected if you, um, if you commit crimes. You can be elected uh, of anything. You can do anything you want to and be elected. Uh, if, on the other hand, you're a Republican, the law will be used against you in every single manner possible. If you're a Democrat, then not only will the law not be enforced against you, the law will be enforced against the people who are trying to make you obey the law. That's the world we live in now. There's no question about it. It's not up for discussion. It's not, it's not fevered pitched imagination. It's not conspiracy theories. That's what happened in Arizona. That's what, that's what happens in California. And you just have to ask yourself if this really were not a coup attempt, not, uh, not even just an attempt, if everything really was as innocent as um, as some people believe it would is, then you would have to ask yourself why are they why do they have a problem with this, right? In other words, if if the vote in Maricopa County is as fair and as transparent as uh, as they claim it is, why would they have to threaten this guy with um, with prison? Why couldn't they simply just show him the procedure, right? He knows what the procedure is. He's the one who's um, who's refusing to certify his county. So if he's not happy with what's going on in Maricopa County, then why doesn't he simply just why do why don't the people who are threatening him why don't if they're innocent if this isn't really ridiculously obvious then why don't they simply just say oh come, I'm sorry sorry about the fusion come on down come on down um, we'll we'll show you we'll show you exactly how we came to these numbers they don't do it right they don't do it. And so, um, so what do you do if you live in Arizona? What do you do if you um, if you live in California? Uh, 
I mean, Florida is, Texas has always been a bastion, and now Florida shows that you can turn a purple state into a conservative bastion if you <coughs> if you really are determined to do it. You've got political courage, and you're ready to do the ground game and work with people. Uh, it's not just DeSantis winning big. It's that Florida's just gone solidly red, and Florida... After the 2000 debacles, the third or fourth most populous state counts their votes within an hour or so after uh, the polls close. You get a reliable result that nobody's challenging. Nobody, right? Um, and so there you go. Um, uh, thank you, Republic Studs. Um, uh, if you can ask me that question again, I'll, I'm just a little... Um, off my feed tonight. Uh, the only thing that we have going for us now, uh, and it's 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 a valuable uh, ally. Um, we uh, we do have reality on our side. Um, just one second. Um, and what I mean by that is, right now the the current battle space is um, the line front line is the trans movement. That's that's the um, that's the hill that uh, that we're fighting on now. <coughs> California has basically said. If your child comes to us and says, I feel like a girl today, then we will put them on uh, puberty blockers or, or, or female hormones. And and we'll, we'll start to prepare to do the, uh, the surgeries at no cost to the child, even if both parents object to that. Okay? That's what control of all the media and all of the brainwashing and all the rest of it, that's what gets you. What it doesn't get you is... Um, it doesn't get you reality. It, you, you, th this is the only hope, really, that we have left, in, and th this is why America was so successful in the first place, is based on reality. So um, what that means is there's going to be large numbers of kids who are now going through what a small handful of people have gone through, which is I uh, either was over 18 and and made a bad decision to transition and I want to transition back but you can never transition back or people basically you know transitioned for them those people are going to eventually get old enough to to be miserable and then they're going to start asking their parents uh, some some questions i would assume although i don't expect they're going to get much of an answer any parent who who has a little boy who says i you know and by the way by the way when you look at these people on tiktok these parents of trans kids it's like it's like i don't know if you've seen it i i would get it but i don't want to i don't want the dead air and another you know copyright issue but there's a famous video out there with this woman and she's saying that her, her dog is a vegan, that the dog loves salads, that it, it, it prefers salads to meat. And she's serious. It's not a joke. 
So she's talking about um, how much she just is, pr how proud she is of her dog making this moral decision to be a vegan and to eat vegetables and not eat meat. And she's going to prove it to us. So she's put down a lovely, and, and this is how she describes it. I've put down here a lovely salad, just a lovely, delicious, you know, vegan salad. And also over here, I've put down some of this mucky, horrible, dead meat uh, dog food thing. So, so let's bring out Fluffy and watch what happens. So she brings out Fluffy. She got the dog between her knees. She says, all right, Fluffy, which one? No, bad dog. And, and before she can even finish the sentence, she's the dog is chomping up the dog food chomping up. She's going, no, 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 bad dog. Look, here's the salad. Here's the salad. And the dog's looking at the salad. She's practically got her head off on, on the dog. And she's like, no, this is a salad. Look, it's good. It's delicious salad. And then oh, the dog goes back to the dog food again, right? And it's hilarious if you're, if you're not the dog. But my point is, is that it's, there was never a point where that dog was given a choice between dog food and salads until that moment. So for this woman to say that her dog was vegan was for her to say that I have made it impossible for this dog to make a choice that I don't like. And every time I see these transparents, this is exactly transparents. That's an interesting play on words. When I see these transparents, it's the same thing. Oh, my little Georgie, George decided that he was a girl when he was seven. Did he? Did he? Or or did the whole idea of being like an extra special kind of parent, you know, transparent, uh, was that so appealing to you that you put dresses in front of him and, and you said, well, did you, did you do this? And when he, and when he started wearing dresses, what was your response to that? Did you, did you tell him this isn't right for you? Boys don't wear dresses. Or did you tell him, oh my God, you look fabulous in this. This idea that, that these kids are making decisions without, forget even, forget even awareness, to, they are, to say that they're, not, that they're making decisions without coercion is just plain wrong. And I saw one woman who said, I'm the mother of three and all three of my kids are trans. No, 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 they're not. Nobody has those kind of odds, right? In terms of gender dysphoria, nobody has those kind of odds. Your three kids are trans because you forced them to be trans, not because you allowed them to be, because you forced them. You didn't give them any other alternative. You, you rewarded them for anything that, that, that was trans behavior and you, and you punished them for anything that, that wasn't. So now you've got your little six-year-old drag queen and he's strutting down the stage and everybody's applauding and he's snapping his fingers in the air and He's famous and, and he's got all these followers and all this other stuff. And, and reality is going to catch up to that kid. It's going to catch up to him. And it's going to catch up to all the rest of these people. And reality is going to catch up to what happens when you keep printing money. And reality is going to catch up on all of this stuff. Um, all of these teachers I see on TikTok, every time I see a person with green hair and a ring through their nose, they are teaching our kids. How did that happen? How did that happen? I cannot believe how many degenerates are employed in education. It seems like that's all, that seems like the only job they get, the only job they can get. And furthermore, 
I constantly tell these, oh, my kids, my kids, my kids. You know, I care about my kids. See, the problem is, you know, this this Florida law is awful. It's just awful. It's going to cause people to commit suicide because my kids, you know, my kids uh, don't feel safe coming out with their parents. They only feel safe with me. Um, and that's why I tell them all about my my boyfriend and 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 or my girlfriend and 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 why I'm not a boy or a girl and all, on and on and on and on and on. And it's like they're not your kids. You are bonding to them because you can't have kids. But you, the the in, what I'm getting at it is is that the maternal instinct or the paternal instinct has been so sub subverted by their ideology and by their headspace that they are utterly convinced that having kids is is a is a bad idea now some of them are genuinely homosexual okay that's fine but the idea that you would have kids is is you know well that's a why, why would you have a kid is a chance to deny yourself an abortion right i mean that's that's how they look at these things okay so those instincts are still there and they treat their kids as if the, the classroom kids as if they're their kids and they will come out and say it they they they're not they're not shy about it they're not shy about it our kids you know my kids uh, come to me with their trans issues when they can't go and face them at home maybe your 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 fifth grader or third grader is just looking for some attention because you can't be a transsexual until you are a sexual right the i the, the the entire the fact that we're having this discussion in the first place is an indication that the whole idea is just batshit crazy you can't be a transsexual or a homosexual or a heterosexual until you're a sexual and you're not a sexual until you hit puberty it's just not there and and for them to and, and so now they're saying we're going to postpone the natural hormones that would sort all this out for you uh, so that you can continue to be, you know, playing this game in their head. And when I said uh, history, when I said that uh, the truth is going to catch up to these people, I mentioned this briefly in passing. It bears mentioning again. What is the end game? Forget about the politics. I, I have plenty of good ideas of why they're being promoted this hard. But but what about the end game? If you are a person who who's all excited about being trans, you go through the hormone therapy and the surgeries and all that, what is it that you want? What 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 is it that you want? Let's take a a, a, a biological male who's decided that he's trapped in a male's body and wants to be a woman. So he takes uh, estrogen and other hormones, suppresses his testosterone down to zero, starts to develop a softer looking face, and then after a year or two, whatever, goes in, has the top surgery, has the bottom surgery, right? And they manufacture something because plastic surgery is, is you know, impressive to a degree. But, it, but, but here's my point. What is it that they think they're going to get? As far as I can tell, and it's always difficult to to um, to uh, to understand because the goalposts are moving so fast with them. But from from I've seen quite a few videos thanks to Odin's men, and uh, and and what I believe to be the case is is that these individuals, in this case, we're going to say a biological male who wants to go through 
the whole the whole way and transition into a woman. First thing they do is they insist that they are absolutely real women. the The idea that they're not real women is is anathema to them. They they insist that they're real women, and and they insist that they can have periods and all the rest of it. Okay, all right. What is it that they want? What do they want? The only way I can understand their motivation is, is that these men want to be, they want male partners, as, as gay men would, but they want male partners as a woman. They want to be women for men, right? That's what they want. They're males. They're not interested in females in terms of being sexually attracted to them. But they are very attracted to the idea of womanhood for whatever reason. And so they want to have long-term relationships, long-term sexual relationships with heterosexual males. That is for certain. That's what they want. They want, they want to be, they want to be uh, dated by and married to heterosexual males, straight males. That's what they're interested in. And you can hear them again and again and again and again and again trying to talk you into it right if you if you're uh if you're not willing to date a trans woman then you're transphobic well then get me a t-shirt then right and and they will continue to up the political pressure under the assumption that this is something that they can get because now we're really onto it right these people have gotten, this generation has gotten everything they ever, ever, ever did a temper tantrum for, they've gotten. And they all, only thing they know how to do is if they, if they cry and scream loud enough, then people will basically back down and give them what they want. And right now, we are in the stage where they are crying and screaming about how they want to be treated as women. And big part of that is their demand, not their, not their request, their demand that they be treated by straight men exactly the way that straight men would treat women. And and I'm talking about they are so they are so psychotic that there are many of them who who are, who are saying uh, just because I'm a woman with a penis doesn't mean that a straight man shouldn't be attracted to me. That 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 man's a horrible horrible bigot. Again, you just get me the t-shirt as well. I'll wear that one too. So so you see where I'm going with this? There is no there is no success for them there is none they're not going to get it they they have seen what temper tantrums will do and they've seen what peer pressure will do and they've seen all of the social engineering that's going on and so on and so on and so on but the one thing they will not get because they're the ones who claim it themselves they claim they're born this way okay straight men are born that way too so are straight women um and and so are gay men and so are gay women and that's the argument and so they are trying to talk you into their mental illness. Uh, super chat from uh, Dwayne Winether. It's an interesting name. You also have men that want to be lesbians. It never works out. Yeah. So, so I mean, just just grant them, right? Just grant them everything. Just this is the quickest way to shoot down uh, nutty ideas. Just to grant it. <laughs> okay, we'll call you she, he, or she, her, or we'll call you whatever whatever pronouns you want. 
and we'll all agree that you are absolutely women, that there, there's no difference between you and, and people who are assigned women at birth. We'll give you that too. And we'll give you the, um, the, the, the bottom surgery or lack of the bottom surgery or the top surgery. It doesn't matter as long as you declare that you're a woman and, and you, and you are, feel a woman and you are a woman just by simply declaring it. I'll grant you all of that. You are never going to, you are never going to talk straight men into dating you. It is never going to happen. You will never get what you want, ever, ever get what you want. And this is why people with this problem previously have been treated for having a mental illness because that's what it is. There is no way out there. This is that they really do seem to think that they can talk their way into or, or pressure their way into making straight men date them, fall in love with them because they're, they're women, because the trans woman's a woman. And, and they think that somehow by calling straight men transphobic, this will be enough to, um, to set them up. It won't be enough, ever, ever. It will never, ever happen. So what's happening is, Two things I'm watching now out there on TikTok, uh, again, because, um, yeah, there you go. I don't know if I want to repeat that, uh, King of Cleans, but that's exactly, exactly right. Uh, it's it's brilliant, brilliant comment there. Um, so this is where they will hit the wall. And now there's somebody else that's hitting the wall of reality. And I'm seeing a lot of these TikTok videos, and, and God bless uh, JT or JC because um, he watches this stuff so we don't have to. The other thing I'm seeing is um, – what's the best way to put this? You're starting to see – I'm the, the whole theme of this little rant here is they control all of the mind control elements, but they can't control reality. They think they can. They think they can control biology, but they can't. And what we're seeing more and more and more of now on TikTok are these women who are 40 years old and they're just sitting in their car in a parking lot crying because they got because um, they got everything they were told they should want. They're strong and stunning and brave and they have uh, $200,000 a year incomes. They've got their own place, pay their own bills, don't need no man for anything. And uh, they find themselves 40 years old and um, and they can't seem to find uh, anybody who wants to be uh, married to them because they're so hard. I, if anybody can tell me where to find this, if they can send me a link to it, I would really appreciate it. Um, and by the way, thank you, Decline Management, for that, uh, for that super chat. I saw a clip. I don't know what it was from. It was from a TV show. I just saw it, and it is the most dreadfully accurate, honest, realistic thing that I've ever seen in 20 years on TV. I don't have it to show you, but maybe somebody's seen it and they can pass it on to me because I wish I knew where it was. Lisa Marie Presley passed away from cardiac arrest. Is that right? I'm sorry to interrupt.
Yep. You know, I've one thing I've noticed, gang, you probably noticed this too, is that the number of people who are trim, in good health, best medicine money can buy, dropping dead of heart attacks at age 54. Nothing to see here. 54 years old, rich, famous, best medical care on the planet, best food on the planet, undoubtedly had personal trainers, just a, just just another one of those young people keeling over from heart attacks, right? Nothing to see here. This is reality, by the way. This is this is our look. I had a conversation with this on the last right angle, uh, or backstage or something. But basically, oh, oh no, I'm sorry, might have, might have been virtue signal. Listen, we are fighting to protect these people from their own policies, right? That's. They're enforcing them on us, but really the reason we're fighting them is so that they is so that they, because they're too stupid to see what what's going on. They're too blinded by their this endless ideology, and so the number of people, young people, who are just going to suddenly just out of the blue have heart attacks is going to increase, and it's going to keep going, and it's going to keep going until somebody close to the people who've been backing this kind of thing actually happens. And over time, that will be enough of a shock to shock them out of reality. Over time, kids who've been transitioned uh, at age 13 or 16 or whatever will want to know why they're sterile, why they're not happy after, after being promised that this would do it, why they're, now they're stuck in, in the middle. They're not men or women. They can't go back. They can't, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna hit that wall of reality, and they're going to want to know why this was foisted on them. And right now you're seeing these um, these these uh, feminist women who are breaking down in tears because they don't have any husbands, they don't have any families, don't have any kids. I don't know what's the matter. Well, you voted for it. This is you are the victim of what you voted for. This is what you wanted. This is what you were sold anyway. So maybe it's what your parents wanted. Okay. But let me get back to um, this uh, this clip I was mentioning. It's a couple that have been married for a while, and and they're in their uh, in their final days. You can tell there's just this bitterness and this anger. And the clip I saw is this woman confronting her husband, probably soon to be ex-husband, about the fact that he is now seeing somebody else, and she's she's as angry as she can be. And she says, so what is it? Is she younger than me? Is she prettier than me? Is she in better shape than me? Is that it? And the husband says, no, no. I'm with her because she doesn't yell at me all the time. I'm with her because she doesn't treat me like an idiot. I'm with her because she shows me some respect and and some appreciation for the work that I do. I'm with her because she's not hard. She's not constantly, constantly, constantly angry. That's why I'm with her. And I thought, my God, who the hell wrote that? You know, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and this is the thing they don't understand. And so you're getting, you know, you're getting this thing called uh, passport, passport bros, right? Passport bros. Um, the men are just going overseas looking for wives overseas because because they're because they're women. Right, they're 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 female, they're feminine. Conservatives don't have this problem. Conservatives don't have this problem. That's why we're happier than they are. 
we don't conservative women don't think it's degrading to be married. They don't think it's degrading to raise kids or be a stay-at-home mom. And conservative many conservative women obviously have, have careers as well, but conservative women don't have this problem. But these people do, and and this is why you get feminist writers writing characters like um, like Admiral Holdo on Star Wars. Or that other woman on Picard, which I'm not even going to mention, you know, being ST because it's just not. They think that they think that being a man is, being a leader is, you, you know, you, you know, you will do what I tell you. You will do, will follow my orders. It's like you haven't got the faintest idea what 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 men are about or how or how or why they work. So. George says that's why companion robots will be a problem, and kids born today are probably going to have to deal with them when they're older. Yep. But, and this is why we just have to hang on, gang. There's just no way for us to, we can't talk our way out of this. We can't explain our way out of it. We can't, we can't keep putting the truth in front of people and expecting them to listen. They won't listen. Their minds have been surgically closed and cauterized. And the only thing that's going to get through to them is their own internal pain. They're going to have to hit their own bottom. And that is going to be unpleasant. But every day, every day, more and more of these of these left-wing women, these are the people who vote for these policies, by the way. Black families, Hispanic families, they're generally more conservative than, than white conservative families. It's, it's single women that have voted all of this stuff into, into play. And they're the ones who are most miserable right now. <coughs> and as they get older and older and older, they're going to get more and more and more miserable. And they're going to find out that the cat is not really my baby. It's not really my baby. It's your cat. It's lovely to have a cat. I love my cats, but I don't consider my children. Um, so, yeah, C.P. Tome says, and when the self-induced famines hit, do not give them your food. Man, I have a, you know, if I ever have to show up on a short notice in Texas or Idaho or Florida or something, some conservative state, and I get stopped at the border, I'll say, I have an, I have an AR-15 and a shovel. I'm willing to shovel. I will do hard manual labor. I will work every day just for, just for the food, uh, and and I will, I will never participate in any of your internal electoral things. Ah, oh, well, Bill, you're a conservative. No, no, no. I, I just, I just, you know, I would just like to eat. So, um, this, uh, this thing is, is, is going to hit. Road Rider says he's very, because um, my cough is very worrisome. It's, it's, it's annoying. Um, Road Rider. So when I was a kid, I had bronchitis when I was 15. And for some reason, it damaged that cough sensor. So uh, even though whenever I have any kind of a cold or any, anything that gets into my lungs at all, the lungs clear out after two days, but that little trigger just stays there. And it's just, it just won't go away. Nothing to cough against. I don't need to cough. It's just a, <coughs> it's just that, it's just that thing. Anyway. And that uh, I went to a doctor about this, and he said it may have something to do with acid reflux too. So we'll see. But thank you for the concern. Um, so anyway, yeah. So reality's striking them, hitting them. Um, the 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 third thing out there, besides the feminists, the trans, and and so on, the third thing is um, is the is the 
body positivity crowd trying to convince you that you must date somebody who's 500 pounds. And if you don't, then you're fat phobic. I guess that's three t-shirts I'm going to have to buy now, right? They really think, they've been so conditioned that racism is, 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 is the worst thing. It could be much, much worse than being a murderer, right? So they've been told their whole life by these left-wing teachers in their, in their, their entire lives, they've been told being a racist and, and being a, a misogynist or being part of the patriarchy is the worst thing you can do. And so they think that other people feel that way too. And so when you hear these 400, 500 pound uh, women talking, mostly women, men as well, but mostly women talking about this whole thing about fat being unhealthy, it's just, it's just invented. It's not true. Body positivity thing is, is all about the BMI is meaningless. I'm much healthier at 500 pounds than I would be if I went on a diet to lose to get down to 150. Um, thank you very much, Edward. I appreciate that. They, 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 they're trying to talk you into dating them. And they think they can talk you into it by accusing you of being fat phobic. And if fat phobic doesn't work, then and I'm, I'm watching all this stuff unfolding in real time. Then they will say that being fat phobic is actually based on racism, that it, it, that it was racism that created this image of a 400, 500 pound person as being uh, something that, that belongs to black people. Well, um, I looked at uh, photos of the slaves that were working in the American South prior to um, their emancipation, and slaves, generally speaking, are not fat people, right? But that's what they're th what they're doing is they're walking up their their they're walking up their own grievance. They're trying to walk it up to DEFCON five, right? Okay. They're walking it up to DEFCON 5. If you don't date me, it's because you're a racist. That is the worst thing you can be. That's grounds for cancellation on the spot. If you don't, if you don't want to date me because I'm 500 pounds, that's because you're fat phobic. And the reason you're fat phobic is because fat phobia is tied to racism. And so you're not only fat phobic, you're also racist. So there you go. Um, and this is why I keep saying that this is... This is why we just have to pull, we just have to we just have to tuck in. We have to just get you know we just have to do that armadillo thing and let this fire. I'm sorry, DefCon One. I should have known that day, Big Booty. Um, just we just tuck up and get in our little reflective blankets and just hunker down and let this fire burn itself out without causing us fatal damage. That's what we have to do because this thing is going to hit the wall of reality. Reality is not going to go away. That's my ultimate refuge of sanity, is that, is that they cannot talk reality away. Uh, Cody Fett says, uh, for a super chat, thank you, Cody. Bill, I've seen for years more and more people saying that polygamy is desirable. You might want to write down a note about that for the future when it gets brought up in public. Um, there are people out there on the cutting edge of TikTok 20-year-olds, you know, with their green hair and grossly overweight. And they are talking about things. There's a word out there that you will probably get more familiar with as the, as the decay accelerates. But that decay, by the way, is not, is not us. And it's not the country. It's not the idea of the country. Government's decaying. Half the population's decaying. But the idea of America's not decaying. We still know what hard work is. So don't let that get you down. It's just 
we're we're going to have to deal with some gangrenous limbs here. Um, so, um, <coughs> oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, the, just let this thing burn out. These people who have convinced themselves that it is perfectly healthy to be 500 pounds are in the same position as the trans people are. And that is that they think that they can guilt us into doing what they want us to do, which is date them while they're 500 pounds. They think that they can guilt us into leaving the uh, seat dividers up on airplanes. They think that they can guilt us into all of those things. Um, and they're about to be, they're about to be, well, they're in the process of being quite shocked. I, I, I really spent a lot of time wondering how could they be so delusional? And then I realized, when have they ever been told no? When has anyone ever said no? They've never been told no, ever. So now reality is telling them no. Nope, not going to happen. You're up against the biological wall now, right? You are up against the biological wall and you cannot, you cannot talk reality away as much as you wish and as much as you've been able to get your way by threatening and stomping and calling people bad names and you're a racist if you disagree with me and, you know, that's the whole political correctness thing, the whole woke thing. Okay, yes, you've accomplished an awful lot of destruction and it's led you to believe that you can, that you can talk your way out of reality, but you can't. And this is why I am, in the long term, confident. Um, because we are a reality-based um philosophy. I remember when they used that term reality-based community because they thought religion meant that everybody was, you know, just walking around delusional. Turns out that people with religion apparently are much, much, much better adapted to live in this world from an evolutionary point of view. If you want to go down that road, at least, yes. So, um, so reality is, is there. It's not like reality is coming. It's that they are heading down a road where everything has gotten out of their way and now they're going to hit something that's not going to get out of their way. They are not going to find heterosexual straight men that want to that want to date and marry biological males that have had extensive surgery and hormone replacement. They're never going to find that. They will find a, uh, a small, small, small percentage of fetishists. But generally speaking, look if you if you're gay, you have cut your it's four or five percent of the population. Let's say it's five. Just give them, give it to them. If you're gay, nineteen out of the twenty people that you find attractive are not going to be attracted to you. That's just that's just the numbers, right? That's the numbers. That's why gay communities are so cohesive and tight, and that's why gay bars are what they are, and why gay neighborhoods like West Hollywood are what they are. These are people who are in an enormous minority in terms of what they want out of life. And so they stick together in large numbers and they make up in concentration what they lack in um, natural, you know, uh, uh, distribution. Um, Eric Gott says, I'm not fat phobic. I identify as skinny sexual. I'm only attracted to fit women. You're oppressing me because of my sexuality. That's exactly the, the way to go for the interim period, yes. That's exactly how to deal with it now. What are your what are my well my pronouns are are 
are, uh, you know, F and U. Um, but, so, so if you're gay, you're looking at, at, at one out of 20 potential partners. If you're trans and you want a heterosexual partner after your transition, your percentages in the population have to be, I would say, a thousandth of one percent or, or even less. Nobody wants this. If you, are a, if you are a biological male with X and Y chromosomes and you go through all of these procedures and use all of this medical technology and you do all of these things and you end up where you think you're going to be happy, you are not going to get what you want. And you can't talk people into it. I guess I've beat this into the earth by now. Brendan Allen, thank you for a $50 super chat. Bill, when are you going to get your own tab on DW, uh, Daily Wire Plus? I don't know. Pretty soon, I guess. Um, I think I mentioned on Monday Night Show, uh, I've got, um, I'm on the uh, fourth script now. And uh, I saw the uh, rough cut for the second episode. And they did... Um, did an incredible job the, the set and the costuming and all this other stuff so the whole opening of uh of the cold war not of the new series of the cold war it's getting produced and getting ready to go out the door uh, the whole opening is me in in a in a 19 you know late 50s office I've got a rotary phone i've got a scotch and a cigarette and an ashtray and i've got you know an am fm radio and i've got you know what to do in case of a fallout posters on the wall and um and so they put together a really great montage these guys are very very talented and i'm looking at this opening montage and it's like uh you start the thing is written and presented by bill whittle produced by so-and-so executive producer so-and-so edited and so-and-so and so-and-so and i finally just called him wrote him an email said guys i never really had to deal with this before but i gotta tell you i think i think my credit's just getting buried here i'd like to have written and presented by Bill Whittle on the title card. They said, no problem. What scotch? It probably wasn't even scotch. It was probably just iced tea. That's how, that's how props work. And so they said, yeah, okay, great, no problem. So um, to answer your question, when I get my own tab on Daily Wire, I assume it's going to be pretty soon, uh, I would hope. Um, and uh, and they're done, they've done an amazing job with that. Thank you for the Super Chat Markument. Uh, pointing up to something uh, we're number one I guess if, if there was something you're pointing to just let me know um, <coughs> anyway let's uh, let's see if we can uh, I thought we'd do nothing but these questions and run out of time but obviously I'm going to find a way to spend uh, two hours talking about one issue Wayne Piercy in my opinion I think we should have a closer look at past events that led to current communist party to be so confident that they could get away with anything great point I think one of those events is exactly what happened in Mena, Arizona. Did that event actually lead to Bill Clinton becoming president? I don't know what happened in Mena, Arizona. Um, if anybody does, I'd like to hear it. Uh, but in my mind, it's clear to me on much reflection that this problem didn't begin with uh, Obama the way I thought it had. This uh, problem began with, uh, with the Clintons. This is when, this is when things started to really um, 
that's when that's when things really started to rot. Uh, I don't know where did where did I put that um that other comment thing? Oh, there we go. Sorry. <coughs> it's the Clintons. Um, and uh, and we knew it going into it. Mina, Arkansas. Oh, I said Arizona. Uh, might have said Mina, Mina, Ar uh, what, what happened? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm sure it's something that the Clintons did. Um, and, uh, and it's not like we didn't know, right? In the, I remember the election very well because I voted for him. Uh, and I voted for him because uh, I was an idiot who was pretty sure I had everything all figured out. Um, and that's something I have to carry around with me for a while. Um, Deep says it's ironic how people obsessed with population control are also the people who say it's bad to fat shame. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and trans shame and all the rest of it. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what the MENA thing was because I haven't heard that story. Um, in any event, um, you know, in, in, in 1992, we knew it was Slick Willie, right? And, and people who had dealt with him in Arizona were saying, this guy's nothing but a lying sack of crap, and his wife is psychotic. And uh, did that hit the news for me to make my decision when I was voting for him? No, it did not. This is something I found out after I red-pilled myself and started looking at other opinions than the ones I was getting from the mainstream media and all of my friends who were in the theater department who were also passionate about things they know nothing about. Um, Justin Wistet said it started with Woodrow Wilson. You could actually make an extremely good case that, that that's, uh, you can make a very good case for Wilson, very good case. So I said Arizona must be Arkansas because... Uh, uh, he's in there. I, I remember, I've been to Arkansas once, I remember landing at uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton International Airport, and I thought, yeah, I guess the liberals feel the same way about Reagan, but the difference between Reagan and Clinton is that Reagan was a magnificent man, and good man, and loved this country, and Bill Clinton's a, 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 a shyster, and a, and, a, and a teenage porn addict. Um, so, uh, I'm still looking for what actually happened there, but uh, if somebody can give me a quick, um, uh, you know, capsule version of it, that'd be great. Um, yeah, they're they're nuts, and you know, they're little things. Sometimes the little things are are um, really telling. Sometimes the little things that are the most telling. For instance, I didn't know until several years ago, well into this line of work, when I found out that Bill had proposed to Hillary three times, she turned him down twice, and that she only agreed to marry him after he bought the house that she was really, really interested in. And I find that, like, really revealing. When I heard that, I thought, wow, I don't know which one, I don't know which one I find more disgusting and degrading. The fact that you would buy a house to get somebody to marry you, or the fact that you would marry somebody that's already asked you twice because they bought this house, but how cynical do you have to be, you know? How cynical uh, do you have to be? Uh, they're, they're operators, right? They're not, they're not 
they are both sociopaths. They are they are pathological narcissists. Trump's a, Trump is a pathological narcissist, but he's not a sociopath. That's what makes him unique among the current crop of, of leaders. And Reagan was neither, because Reagan could laugh at himself, and and people who can laugh at themselves are not they're not nuts. They're ambitious or they're driven or whatever, but they're not they're not narcissists. Narcissists cannot laugh at themselves. Obama's a narcissist. The Clintons are narcissists. Trump is a narcissist. But Trump is not a sociopath. He doesn't Trump doesn't go through life thinking that people are just props for him. He seems to really care about the country and about the people. That's why people love him so much. And that's why so many people, myself included, tolerate the narcissism because we know that underneath it is genuinely good intentions. It seems to me to be the case anyway. Um, that's that's how I look at it. Yes, we've been talking about that monk in training, just another fit 54-year-old who just happened to have a heart attack and died. Guys like Fauci and 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 Biden and all the rest of this stuff are are riding on uh, a thin layer of oil that is allowing them to slide past law and past um, reckoning. And Hillary will probably die before justice is served to her, although I cannot imagine anything that would have hurt Hillary Clinton more than losing to Donald Trump. That's a, something I get some schadenfreude out of. Um, yeah, and Eric Blake says, he agrees with me, he says, Trump's a narcissist who actually cares, a rare combination and a valuable one. The narcissism gives him a massive confidence boost that he can and will get it done. And it also means that, that Trump is, um, is, is, he's too narcissistic to care what other people say about him. And now that's a, that's a positive quality, you know? He's not thick-skinned, by the way. Right? There are people who are thick-skinned, people you could just say, Reagan was thick-skinned, you could say anything you wanted to about Reagan, and they did, and just bounced off him, because he, he, he didn't care, he knew, who, he knew who he was. People go after Trump, it gets to Trump, it needles him, and it, and, and it affects him, but, but he's not a sociopath. He knows that people have lives, and having spent the last three months of my life, or more now, probably four or five months of my life, living in the Soviet Union during the Russian Revolution and in, inside gulags and execution chambers. The entire communistic idea is mass sociopathy. The people are not people. They're just simply rounds of ammunition. They're, they're, they're problems. They're just, they're just it, it is a psychopathic, sociopathic belief system. And the people who are attracted to it managed to overlook that, and that tells me something about those people, you know? Oh, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wave the Soviet flag. You killed 20 million of your own people. It was, was Stalin, didn't do it right. What allows you to overlook that? If, you know, what allows you to overlook that? What, what, what is it about this that you need so much? Well, envy and laziness, those are powerful uh, motivators. So anyway, um, let's see what we got. Uh, Steve uh, D says, uh, this is um, 
uh, Lutheran Carnivore says uh, Steve Deese is right that we should have a Nuremberg 2.0 trials for COVID tyrants. And we will. We will. That tipping point is going to occur and um, and 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 eventually you won't be able to hide all the bodies. Um, and that's our ultimate um, hope. It's a pretty forlorn hope, isn't it? You know, the reason people like us put up with go and fight all these battles against these people, and the reason we get called all these names and deplatformed and censored and insulted and slandered and libeled all this stuff, is to prevent these people from getting what they want because we know what that will bring and they don't. Um, and so, if it turns out that, and it's starting to look like there's no way to change their mind then the only thing that will change their mind is when their internal pain level rises to the point where they actually have to start re-examining their lives. And that means finding yourself at 50 years old, unmarried, uh, a single woman with no one to take care of you and no one to take care of. And that means being uh, trans for five years and not being happy, being much more miserable, feeling like you've now completely, utterly been put on an island that you cannot escape from. And, uh, and, and and fat people who are convinced that that they can talk people into finding them attractive. And that's not to say there aren't some attractive fat people, but these aren't them. These are just nothing but whiners and complainers. So so all of this is gonna catch up with us and 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 it's gonna get ugly. And that's why we have to just kinda we have to stick together and we have to we have to understand that the that the that the that the fire that's going on around us is not going to consume us. It's going to burn us. It's going to make us uncomfortable, but it's not going to kill us. We will survive this as long as we stick together. And by stick together, I mean maintain our sanity and not abandon hope in the American idea or the ideas that America is based on. We just simply understand that that America has been too successful for its own good, and this is the pathology that results from it, and um, and that's all going to have to go, and and that's it. Uh, Bart's treasure says, Bill, does that mean you have to wait for millions of people to die for reality to set in? Yeah, I think that's what it means. I hope it doesn't mean that number, but I think that's I think that's what it means. Rod Stewart's 11-year-old boy had a heart attack at uh, at a soccer game a couple months ago, or a month ago. And of course, after a day or two, there was immediate uh, walk back saying, no, 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 he didn't have a heart attack, he had a panic attack. He's an excitable boy, had a panic attack. Apparently he had the kind of panic attack, put him on the ground and turned his face blue. But uh, okay, so Rod Stewart was already... Um, a big uh, pusher of the jab, and it makes me wonder if he's changed his mind once his 11-year-old had a heart attack, because I'm 63, and I have never heard of an 11-year-old having a heart attack. In fact, prior to uh, the recent completely unrelated uh, surge in unexplained deaths, I can remember in the course of my five decades of being aware of the news, I can probably think of one or two people in 50 years who just plain died young for some reason. The guy's heart exploded or whatever. Um, so, um, 
I guess that's what it's going to take. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Let's be careful now because I'd frankly like to keep talking to you guys. <coughs> so once again, we will refer to the Victrolas, the people that bought the Victrola. If you haven't figured out what that means yet, I'm sure if you break it down into phonics, you'll figure out what I'm talking about. So basically, the government said you are going to have to go out and buy a Victrola. Everybody in the country is going to be essentially practically required by law to buy a Victrola. Not quite, but almost. You won't be able to travel unless you have a Victrola. You won't be able to keep your job unless you have a Victrola. If you're in the military, you'll have to go buy a Victrola or else you won't be able to uh, stay in the military. So everything short of mandatory lining people up and 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 uh, handing them Victrolas, which I think would have been enough to to trigger the um, to trigger the uh, Second Amendment, uh, if that's what if, if they were really just going from house to house and insisting on 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 that, then I think they they realized that that wasn't going to fly. They didn't have to. Uh, I have I have a lot of friends who um, who bought Victrolas. Many of them uh, had no idea what. Look, I was three days out from buying a Victrola for myself and my wife. Three days. And um, uh, my friend Courtney Turner, who's been deplatformed completely over this and and vilified and all the rest of it, uh, happened to call me and say, um, I need to talk to you about this before you do this. Promise me we'll talk before you do that. I said, okay, sure. Come on by tomorrow. So she came on by, sat here in the studio with me, we talked for an hour. She said, Bill, this stuff alters your DNA. I said, Courtney, come on. She's the smartest person I know in terms of medical knowledge. She and, and, uh, and Bobby are bright people. And she said, Bill, you don't want to do this. It's going to alter your DNA. And I just, I just, just sneered. I said, Courtney, you, you know, you know as well as I do that, that that's not what vaccines do. You know as well as I do that vaccines don't do that. She says, right. It's not a Victrola. Really? Yes. It's rewriting your um, your uh, records, your internal records, and changing them so that it produces more Victrolas, essentially. And, um, and your body becomes a Victrola factory. Really? Yep. And it's permanent? Yep. It's inheritable. Okay. And then all the things that didn't seem to make sense suddenly make sense. I remember when the um, when somebody had pointed out, blew a whistle, nobody listened. Somebody had pointed out, they did screen crabs to, to show it, that the Center for Disease Control had changed the definition of what a Victrola was from something that is a serum that provides immunity to um, something that is a serum that produces an immune response. And if I get a splinter in my finger, that is also producing an immune response. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, once again, Lutheran Carnivore is stepping up to the plate here. Uh, he says, uh, Ron Johnson and Senator Ron Johnson and Governor DeSantis are lone voices in the wilderness in this. Certainly they're the, look, DeSantis, Look, I don't want this to happen, and I don't know what's going to happen. I do know that 
it's a little bit much to expect to believe that the number one cause of death in Alberta, Canada is unexplained and has been for two years and was never in the top 30 before. It's quite a coincidence. Um, so I don't know how bad this is going to get. I don't know if this is the beginning of a wave or whether it's just the peak of a wave. I don't know whether this is something that's going to continue to grow like a, like a bell curve because that's how everything in the world works. Everything is a bell curve. Everything is a bell curve. I don't know if the, the, the front end of the bell curve was so small. This may be the peak of the bell curve. I kind of hope it is. But if it's not, then um, we're dealing with, uh, you know, we're dealing with crimes on a, on a level so far that doesn't even put them in the top five, but conceivably could break all the records. I don't know. Um, so, <coughs> I will say, because uh, Eric Blake said, it's no coincidence that the left censor censored hydroxy thing, you know, the hydroxy thing and the Iver thing, um, they censored them. They basically made them unavailable, took them off the shelves. When, um, when Tasha and I got uh, COVID a year ago, we had... Uh, well, we were we were Victrola list people. We just couldn't afford the Victrola, so we had talked to our doctor, and he had said, "If you get sick, just give me a call. If you get sick, get tested right away. If it comes back positive, don't do what they tell you to do. Don't go home and just rest. It's just giving the virus time to multiply. If that happens, come to me, and I'll set you up with some simple antivirals, and you'll have a mild to moderate cold for four or five days." So that's exactly what happened. Only when we called him, he said, let me get back to you. And he tried 20 pharmacies throughout the state and uh, it wasn't available. This formerly um, bountiful, inexpensive drug was couldn't be bought for love or money. So we ended up getting the gold standard of, of Victrolas um, and we paid for it because that was as sick as I've ever been. Um, so, uh, I don't know where it's going to go from here. If the theory behind um, Alberta's uh, unexplained deaths being number one cause of death in Alberta, Canada, if the theory that uh, I'm operating on is true, then the mechanics of that theory seem to indicate that this would get worse and worse over time. I hope not. Hey, Phil. National public emergency for COVID extended yesterday. Was it ever reduced? Was were we ever not in a in a national public emergency? Of course, they've extended it. By the way, um, uh, Phil was the one who pointed out to me, uh, and I'm sorry to answer you about this, but I've just been kind of uh, in the weeds here. Um, I had seen a uh, aviation accident report. And it described uh, a notem. That's a common term for pilots. Notem uh, is a notice to airmen. That's what notem stands for. And I heard some guy uh, talking about this a couple days ago. And he said, anyway, they issued a notice, which stands for notice to air mission. 
And I thought, that guy doesn't talk on the aviation channel. He doesn't even know what a notum is. And then Phil told me, no, it's been changed. It's been changed. It's no longer a notice to airmen. Now it's a notice to air mission. So you don't want to change the acronym because everybody knows what a notum is. But apparently, uh, uh, notice to air men is exclusionary and hateful. So, um, so it's now a notice to air mission. Uh, at least we still get to say notum. If somebody in aviation can explain to me one, one change, it's not related to anything we just talked about. Uh, but if um, anybody can explain the reason for this, uh, there was an instruction, common instruction in general aviation, virtually routinely, you know, whatever. <coughs> I'm going to let that through there, uh, Mr. Tomes, because what the hell. Um, Again, this is not related to, I don't think it's related to the, the woke insanity, but one of my favorite radio calls as a private pilot, you would, when you're, you're in a run-up area, which is off the, close to where you get on the runway to depart, area off to the side, uh, you don't do this in jets because jets have essentially one moving part per engine, but in uh, internal combustion engines, you don't. So uh, prior to taking off in a, in a conventionally powered airplane, you taxi off to the side. Well, if you want to live, you know, if you want to survive the experience and, and be an old pilot, uh, you you taxi off to the side, and it's an open, clear area for this, and there's usually plenty of room under there, although sometimes you have to get in there pretty tight. And you go off to the side, and you do what's called the run-up. And basically what you do is you stand on the brakes, and you, you take the engine up to probably 80 90% total power, and you're looking for any kind of hiccups, and then you take one of the dual electronic systems offline, and it's working a little less efficiently you turn it back on again and you take the other one off and it goes down a little bit and comes back up again if it drops too much you got a bad electronic system you should go back to the hangar this is called the run-up and we did that every flight so um you would finish with the run-up and then you would taxi to the hold short line now that hold short line is um actually a laser force field <coughs> that will slice right through you because if you put the nose of your airplane over that line, you will you will hear about it. That hold that hold short line is and rightfully so the most important marker on the airport. Nobody crosses that that line without permission. Nobody gets into that into that without without permission. And so the um, and so the the request for that when you're ready to go is. You'd be behind the hold short line, and you would say, uh, Van, Nuys, "Van Nuys Tower, a long, easy uh, six Delta Bravo. Uh, we're uh, holding short one six right, full length, ready to go." And if there was no traffic in the way, you would say, uh, "One six Bravo, whatever, uh, clear for takeoff," and you just roll around and go. But oftentimes there would be departing traffic and no approaching traffic, so you would get the call, uh, "One six Bravo, uh, okay, taxi into position and hold," which usually came down to position and hold. Uh, and I just read it right back. Uh, okay, a uh, position hold for a one six Bravo. That meant taxi into position and hold. You taxi into position. You line up on the runway and you hold. He's got something out there in front of you. There's nothing behind you because he wouldn't put you on the runway if there was something behind you. But there's nothing in front of you. There's something in front of you that he's he's waiting for to 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 happen, and so he's speeding things up by getting you in the chamber. It's like chambering around. That's a really good way to think about it. Chambering around. So now you're in the chamber, you're ready to go. Position hold, uh, one six Bravo. And then 
it changed. Now it's line up and wait. And I thought, damn it. You know, this happened six, seven years ago because it was like, all right, you could say that with a pilot voice. You could sound pretty cool. Or, 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 Roger, a position hold, one sec, probably. Now it's like uh, line up and wait. Line up and wait is what communists do to buy bread. Line up and wait is is not an aviation command. And when it, when, when that became mandatory, I was really pretty upset about that. It's like, what, what position holds now line up and wait? Yep, line up and wait. I have heard that that was due to foreign pilots who are training everybody who wants to fly, learns to fly in America. If you, if you want to learn to fly and you live in, in Switzerland or you live in anywhere, it, it's much cheaper to come to America for several months, rent an apartment, and fly here because the, the, the flying rates and instruction rates overseas are crazy. And I'd heard that it was a lot of foreign pilots who just couldn't handle position and hold, to which I want to reply, well, then you probably shouldn't be flying because position and hold is pretty clear. No, no, line up and wait. So now we line up and wait. Just every time I hear line up and wait, I think of I think of some babushka with a couple of big canvas bags standing out in the snow, waiting to see if there's going to be any bread when the when 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 she gets to the end. Line up and wait. Good God, that's, that's awful. That's a little rant I had to do with. Uh, we got a couple of super chats here, um, from, both from Monk and Training. One of them is Joe Rogan had a guess that said China and Russia are both hitting population bombs and will die out in 15 to 20 years. Continued. I think the CIA helped the Victrola to get out and spread the rot. America is the only country of the three resilient enough to survive. Sun Tzu says the mark of excellence is to win a war without battle. Yeah, you could certainly, you could certainly uh, make that case, um, Monk. Uh, Coconut eighty-five said uh, you can thank the ICAO for that. Was it? it was the International Communist Aviation Organization or whatever that stands for? <coughs> line up and wait. Pathetic, pathetic. I've wanted to test that, but you know why am I gonna why am I gonna give the controller grief? It's control the controller didn't do it. Uh, I'm so I'm tempted to say okay position up top. Sorry, line up and wait for uh, two six problem. Line up and wait. It's the little things. All right, let's see what else we got. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Lisa Marie, dead at age 54. Lisa Marie Presley. Stand in line, Phil says, stand in line after you run to where you ran to. Exactly. Yeah, hurry up and wait. That's the military. Run over here and then stop. Um, I don't know why that bothers me as much as it does that line up and wait thing. Because... Um, Eric says it's line up and hold. It's not line up and hold. It's line up and wait. Uh, I could live with line up and hold. Uh, that's right. CP Tones has got it. In the Republic of Bill, it'll be back to position and hold. That's exactly right. It will be back to position and hold. It's going to say position and hold on in big freaking letters across every single control tower in the land. Position and wait. Line up and hold. God, that's so communist, dude. Ridiculous. Um... Okay. Uh, Marky Mint is having a problem with um, with the uh, with the um, the Victrola. Uh, so uh, let's see if I can uh, do this for you here, Mark. Um, there are some things on YouTube that if you talk about, you get pulled. And one of the things that you talk about is a word that begins with V, and that word is Victrola. 
if I use the word Victrola, that might or might not stand for some other word beginning with V, then I seem to be able to get away with it. So um, that's why I talk about people buying Victrolas, because in a free country, I wouldn't have to do that. But uh, we don't live in a free country. Certainly, we're not on free property anyway at, at, uh, at YouTube. So it's just a little way of doing what other people in, in totalitarian states do, learn how to say the truth without getting caught. Yes, I know Victrola is a phonograph. I'm, I'm fully aware of what a Victrola uh, is. Um, but um, I'm using the word Victrola for uh, a stand-in for another V word. And I think you pretty much get it. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I think I was the person, I've never heard anyone else use it. I just liked it. I just thought it was, okay, everybody gets it. And the reason it, the reason I went with Victrola instead of, you know, vacuum is because you can actually have a vacuum. Nobody has a Victrola. So you get the idea. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's see what we got here back on questions here. Eric Blake, we've got two of them. Hooray. Quick question, Bill. Take your time, Eric. Got nothing but time tonight. The McCarthy-led House has included in its agenda a ban on all congressional insider trading, frankly, if I recall correctly, all congressional stock trading, period. Honestly, it's a long time coming, ending a big rules for thee, but not for me. But I got to ask, could the real problem be how Congress banned insider trading in the first place? Why should it be illegal for a private investor to trade on information they had that happens not to be public? Isn't that just like forcing great runners to slow so that everyone has a chance? That's an interesting argument, and I actually thought about that, Eric. You know, it's like, okay, well, you work for a company, you got information, take advantage of it, get rich. Um, oh, Kisama, I'm sorry, Kisama uh, 001, thanks for the super chat, says, line up and wait bothers you because it's another erosion of tradition. It is. It's a, it's, it's an erosion. I don't, I don't have any problem with change. When change is positive, I'm right there. If you had told me six years ago, seven years ago, that we would recover rockets, I was a space plane guy. I thought, you're out of your mind. What, 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 and now, now I look at this and it's like, the fairings on the last mission, the, 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 literally the least expensive thing on the vehicle. In fact, it is by order, I'll bet by an order of magnitude or two orders of magnitude, the least expensive part of the vehicle is this thin aluminum shroud that basically covers the satellite so while it's going through the atmosphere, it's protected. So they're not only recovering all of the rocket, they're recovering the freaking fairings. And I realize that is, that is why... He's succeeding because he has a commitment to it. As a, it's not a, it's not an engineering box to tick. It's an ideal. It's a, it's a it's an ideal. And and when I found out that he was recovering these fairings and the last mission had flown the fairing one fairing had flown six times another one had flown eight times. You could certainly afford to replace the fairings. They're not terribly complex things. They're essentially just sheet aluminum with a couple of ribs in them, right? But the fact that they're recovering them is telling me he means it. And a good example of this is, um, oh, whoa, Astronerd for the win here, for the, I think, won the internet for the night. He said, also, a Victrola has a needle. I had not thought of that. Um, so, famous story about this kind of thing is that, is that when uh, Lindbergh was, was getting ready to do the uh, solo flight across the Atlantic in the spirit of St. Louis, his enemy was weight. 
Anything that weighed something was stuff that he could have had fuel. The plane can only lift so much. In fact, if you ever watch the takeoff footage of the of the uh, Spirit of St. Louis, he clears, he, he runs the length of the field, and it's a long field, and he clears a hedge by about three feet. That plane barely got off the ground. But every second the engine's running, it's getting lighter and lighter and lighter because it's burning fuel. So anyway, he knew he had to carry as much fuel as he could. And that meant that since the plane has to can only lift so much weight, anything that wasn't fuel, he had to get down to the bare bones minimum. And what Lindbergh did was he took his aviation charts, which are, you know, big, big old charts like this, have a little white border about that wide around the outside. It's like any other printed thing. It's got a little white border. He cut those borders off. He cut them off to save weight. And you think, what's that, an ounce, maybe two ounces? Yes, exactly. It's an ounce or two. But that attitude went across everything. And that's why he, he did what he did. That's why he did what he did. Um, so I'm not against change at all. I think change is wonderful. i just against change that gets worse. And line up and wait is worse than position and hold. So I'm against it. If they'd said something cooler like that, like um, cooler than position and hold, like, um, oh, let me think here. This is something like line her, line her up and run them up, or, or, or if they said something like, um, you know, something really cool, something like, kind of like Thunderbirds or Go kind of thing where you're on the launch rail, so, something like that, you know? That would have been that would have been awesome. I would have been in favor of it. But no, you're absolutely right. It's because it's, it's just made things worse. <coughs> C.P. Tome says, someone said, throw it up in the air. If it comes down, it's too heavy to put on an airplane. That person was Burt Rutan. That's a famous statement of Burt Rutan's. He said, if you're building an airplane, a simple way to test if the part is too heavy is to throw it in the air. If it comes back down again, it's too heavy. Um, and Errol Burns says, watch the ounces, and the pounds will take care of themselves. Exactly. So, um, all right. Uh, let's see. We got uh, back to Eric's question. I don't think we got through that. I don't remember. We blocked it out. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, um, so the insider trading thing. So... The reason that I that insider trading is a crime and should be a crime in my opinion is because is because there is a essentially a hold period. You have information that is not accessible to other people. If that information was accessible to anybody, then it would be simply a question of who got the information first. It's not an even it's not an even playing field. It's not like anybody can get that information. You have information in advance of what something is going to do in the market, and you have knowledge of either legislation or or some maybe some hidden you know, big negatives that are going to come this cause this thing to be worth a lot less than other people think it is, and that information is privileged information that you have, and and so insider trading is in fact not fair. It's not a question of everybody just work to your maximum potential. It's, it is a genuine case of, I'm all about starting from the same starting line. That's equality of opportunity. Everybody starts behind the same starting line. But insider trading starts you 40 yards down the patch. And I'm again that. So there you go. Uh, let's see what we got here. Eric Lake again, hey. Yeah, Vectron Citizen Whittle. By Vectron's Golden Claw, may our sides pundits learn all the right lessons and renounce the wrong ones. Uh, amen. 
So I'm frankly astonished, Bill, at the pundits and analysts on our side, including Daily Wire, who are presuming to blame the midterm disappointments on Trump, Trump, Trump. They keep talking about the failed endorsements, but they're completely leaving out that his endorsement record this year is 200 plus wins and a handful of losses. I don't know about you, but that's a percentage in the high 90s. And lest we forget, McConnell denied funding or support for certain key Senate races and dumped said money to the coffers of Lisa Murkowski. And I can barely hear a peep from these pundits about his role in these failures and questions. So why else is this focus on Trump's fault when pretty much shrugging off McConnell's sins to say nothing about voting integrity issues? Ben, my sweet summer child. Um, I think that there are a number of people who are Trump supporters who are who are Trump supporters by necessity, and I think their threshold is lower. <clears throat> uh, I'll give you an example. Um, two days before whatever, the election, two or three days before, Trump called DeSantis um, um, desanctimonious. And that lowered my opinion of Trump. Didn't lower my opinion to the point where I blamed him for everything, but that was, good night, Rich. That was, I, I just didn't see any reason for that. Um, and, and so a lot of people, I guess, are, are, look, a lot of people just would rather see DeSantis run. And I personally think as a, I think there's no question he'd do a better job in office. I don't know whether he could generate the kind of uh, support that Trump does. On the, on the other hand, his negatives are not nearly so high. So he probably could, um, you know, he, I, I think DeSantis would be ran and could win. I don't see any world where DeSantis and Trump run at the same time. I just don't see it. I think, yeah, exactly right. Eric Gotts is a violation of the 11th commandment. Right on. Um, but um, I don't know why um, why he would do something like that. Now, when I got into the backstory, apparently Trump felt uh, betrayed by DeSantis because he basically, Trump's popularity pulled DeSantis over the line um, when, he w when, when Trump backed him uh, before. And um, and apparently uh, DeSantis didn't show enough um, deference uh, in Trump's opinion, and all of this stuff is to me incredibly childish. But um, nevertheless, there it is. Uh, let me go back and look at that question again. Oh, so why do people um, pick on Trump? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know the actual answer to this question, but for instance, a lot of people complained when he when he backed uh, Doctor Oz. Okay, I I didn't know much about that one way or another, and this is a serious question. I just don't know the answer to it. If somebody can help me with this, this would be great. Um, did um, did Trump encourage Oz to run, or did he simply back Oz once Oz had decided to run? Uh, Herschel Walker ended up not being such a great candidate too, but what, what look what, what seems to have happened, and I'm not counting Arizona. Uh, in fact, we're at the point now where nobody really knows what actually happened. That's what mail-in voting will do for you. But... Um, Oh, give me a second here. I figure out how I want to put this.
Okay, so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is if if the results can be taken on a on a national scale as more or less accurate, uh, then then the left showed up in a in a big way, uh, the way that we did after Obama's first term. It wasn't enough to to keep, let them keep the house, but they showed up a lot more. And the anecdotal stories, the story on the word on the street is, is they showed up over the um, abortion issue, which didn't seem like was going to happen because it wasn't really on the radar. It didn't seem like in polling it was making that much of a difference. But I never really judge success or failures in elections by what the other side does. I always judge it by what our side does, right? Certainly a number um, of people uh, didn't show up, conservatives. I don't know whether they thought, well, okay, they got row overturned, so what's the point? But certainly we didn't get the turnout that I thought we were going to get, and, and I was disappointed. Everyone was disappointed. And the only answer I have to that is, okay, the beatings will continue until morale improves. That's the only thing you can take away from this is that the beatings are going to have to continue until morale improves. It wasn't so it wasn't so painful yet that people were not able to get over their buying, I'm going to buy the brand. Now, Clint B says abortion? No, it was the mail-in ballots. Look, I completely agree that I don't, I prefaced by what I said by saying nobody knows. But the mail-in ballots are, are, are everything. And McConnell is, is a catastrophe. These people, these people, it's not like speculation. I have people who were in the room who heard Mitch McConnell and, 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 um, and Mitt Romney and all these other people saying they would much rather see Hillary Clinton president than Donald Trump. It's, it's just really, really, uh, it's so obvious it's kind of shocking. All right, here's a question. Here's a, here's a request I cannot uh, ignore. Um, uh Dave um, Malton says, Bill, go pet your Gorn's head. I want to see how big it is. That seems like a reasonable request. So hang on a second. He's actually a good deal taller than me. So I see you with your gleaming diamond eyes, you miserable humanoid reptilian. Um, thank you, Alpha Cap. Uh, so, anyway, that's, uh, that's that. Yeah, these webcams have a fairly distorting kind of lens there. All right. Um, I think I think we got all the comments on, you, on, on Facebook for a change, and we did not have a post on uh, the website. So I'm going to have to add one of those, I guess. And um, I think given the, um, uh, the two by four in the face I took earlier today, I think I'm probably just going to go home at this point. Uh, <coughs> uh, so I think that'll do it. Um, we will be back again on Monday, and uh, I think... Uh, and when I say I think, I mean, we're not going anywhere. I may have to reschedule, but you never know. Uh, in any event, I'm hoping to be here on Monday. I expect to be here on Monday. What happens last week's question is not answered. Didn't get to him. 
Um, I just got to the, because we didn't have a new thing, so um, I had to do that and blah, blah, blah. And so yeah, you know, we, we, we do what we can. Um, it's just a, best way to think about questions is, uh, is I'm standing next to a uh, raging flood and I've got a rope and there's a bunch of people getting washed away and I throw out the rope and I catch as many people as I can catch but I can't catch everybody, and often I can't catch most of them. I'm just afraid that's how it goes. Uh, Eric Gott says, Bill, you should at least consider going on Tim's show. I would love to go on Tim's show. I think Tim is awesome. I expect, frankly, on this subject, because this has come up a lot, uh, I expect that when I finally get this um, new series ready, and, and conceivably for when the Cold War drops, but certainly for the new one, that um, the good people over Daily Wire will use some of their astonishing muscle uh, and get me uh, on everybody, conceivably, conceivably on the Joe Rogan show too. I haven't talked to anybody about that. That's just me speculating. But I think this new series is, is really, really, really well written and it's going to be very well produced. And, um, and uh, yeah. Um, okay, uh, that'll do it. The show's made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. For uh, we're constantly grateful. I don't know if we're going to do a heavy launch, a heavy Falcon Heavy live stream. I'd like that to become. I'd like to think it's so routine now that uh, I don't know. I'll see. Um, in any event, uh, yeah, the show's made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com, and um, and to those people, we're very very grateful. And uh, to the rest of you, you can go pound sand. Now, we're grateful to all of you. Anybody who sits and watches this, better man than I am. Uh, I find that these uh, full-length episodes are useful for people who are having trouble sleeping or um, might, for some reason, need to be put into a medically-induced coma and have some kind of bad reaction to opioids or whatever. So it's not that they don't have any place at all. Um, okay. I will uh, see you guys uh, presumably on Tuesday, and if not, I'll see you here next Thursday, but uh, Monday, rather. I, I'm sure I'll be here Monday. I fully expect to be here Monday. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sitting here writing until I drop, so uh, until we get these things out the door. Thanks again for joining us, and, um, and oh, Dwayne Case with a rating party of 37. What a terrible pity. We're just closing the doors now. Just sorry. Now, now I, know it's, I know it's three minutes to, to midnight, but... I'm sorry. We just have to. We got bar backing to do. We gotta. We gotta do the catch up and all that other stuff. So I'm afraid we're closed. All right. Thanks for joining us, and um, and uh, and we will see you soon. Where is that damn button? Oh, there it is. <laughs>